Come with us on a journey into the unknown, the unexplained, and the unbelievable. We will test your senses and challenge your beliefs. A world where science and religion clash. Or do they? You will meet real people and hear real stories, but you will not believe. You will witness strange sights and hear strange sounds, but you will not believe. This is the New England Ghost Project. Welcome to the Good evening, everyone, and welcome to another edition of Ghost Chronicles Next Generation. I am Ron Kolick, your host, the gatekeeper of the realm of the unknown, the unexplained, and the unbelievable New England's own Van Helsing. With me out there in cyberspace somewhere, but not here, is the blonde bombshell herself in Carrigan. She, unfortunately, um, is still trying to log in or something. Whatever. We'll sort it out. But joining me also is a good friend of mine. He is the founder and lead investigator for the Berkshire Paranormal, Mr. Josh Mantello. Good evening, Ron. Hey, Josh. How are you? Not too bad. How are you doing tonight? Good, 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 good. Um... I was going to ask you, you got much snow out there, or is it like... Oh, my Lord, I got enough snow, <laughs> I'm ready for it all to melt and be gone and turn to spring. Um, yeah, I had to dig out a car that's been broken down yesterday, and um, that sat for the two nor'easters that, New England, that hit New England, and uh, I had probably combined from the two storms maybe about 26 inches on there, uh, so over... over Three or four days, you got a little over two feet. So that's it. I'm done. Um, bring on the uh, the warm weather in March. Yeah, I, I'm ready for it too. We getting more snow tonight? Uh, yeah, we're lucking out here. We're, I think that's going to miss us. We might just get like an inch or two, which at this point is tolerable. Uh, we're predicted uh, probably uh, six inches. It, it's tough because we're in the valley here and we have our own little weather system but yeah we get quite a bit i uh actually yeah, shoveled tw- 20 inches off my roof so oh boy yeah we're looking out in the county just to the north of us in vermont i'm, I'm right on the border and, mm-hmm. uh, about 20 miles north of us in vermont they have the weather advisory for that five six inches and us down here just a little ways over are gonna get a few less so i'm happy <laughs> yeah so anyways uh you founded the Berkshire Paranormal a long time ago. Uh, it's, it seems like yesterday, but it's been quite a while, right? You know, doing the math, um, you know, I never, you know, you never think to write these days down when you're starting this stuff, you know. You know, somewhere I should have wrote down, you know, I came up with this idea on this date so I could actually know. Huh. Um, <clears throat> kind of just lining things up um, and, and going that way. Um, we're, we're into our 10th year. Um, I think this is, this will be our our decade, um, kind of measuring it out. I know, um, if you remember Ron, I don't know if you were involved in it or not, the the paranormal documentary, 14 degrees, um, they're doing a revisit, they're doing a revisit to that. They're doing a 10th anniversary revisit. And I just did a little segment on that with them. And I remember we had just formed after that. So if they're doing a revisit 10 years later, that means that we're about in our 10th year because we had just formed when that started. <laughs> That's how I have to do this math because I don't remember. 
I, I know. <laughs> I mean, you just you went there. You formed your group right after our visit to the the mansion. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and that was a, that was the tipping point for me. It, it was, yeah, I, I, it was such a fascinating thing to see and watch that it, I, it kind of consumed all my thinking for a while. <laughs> I was like, I've got to figure out what this is, you know, because that's where I, when I really had my first believable to myself paranormal experience. I know there's other things maybe in life, you know, before that, you know, I. I might have questioned, but never really mm-hmm. thought too hard on it. But on the, is that night, there's things that just kind of blew my mind and just drove me to more answers in the past that kind of took me down thereafter. Okay. And I guess now uh, we have Anne via the Edison machine, so uh, are also, <laughs> a.k.a. the telephone. So. Hey, Josh. Hi, how are you? Hey, Anne. I'm good. I'm sorry. I don't know what is going on with my Skype. Apparently, <laughs> I decided to take this opportunity to be goofy. Uh, well, you know, so. in, all, in all fairness, and uh, on on yesterday's show with uh, Steve, we were having problems with Skypes as well. So huh. uh, I, I don't know. Maybe it's maybe it's some type of weather related or or uh, you know solar or whatever. But who knows? Maybe it's the Russians. I don't know. <laughs> it's the Russians. <laughs> Well, moving on to hacking our radio shows. Just, yeah, spinning and spinning and saying it's connecting and it doesn't look like it's doing anything. So we're yeah, know, it's the same thing. Away. Have, so. yeah. yeah. Okay. Anyway. So anyways, this this show we decided to uh, take a look at uh, some stories in, uh, about the paranormal in the news. And we all did our homework, hopefully. And uh, we all have our little <laughs> stories. So who would like to start first? <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, put it on the spot. <laughs> no volunteers? No I don't start I first. The hell did I? Go ahead. I got a few lined up. I didn't want to. Uh, I was going to save the best for last. Uh, okay. okay. I mean, I, I'm willing to start first, guys. Now I got one here. Um, I got one here. I can start with. I I found um, okay, pretty interesting. Um, this is in in Britain. Um, uh, I, it's kind of tough, you know. There, I didn't realize there are so many paranormal news websites <laughs> um, until I started do, looking into this. But this is a British pub um, in Bolton, England. Demand the return of their stolen ghost. Yes. <laughs> a bizarre dispute around the ye old man in sight, a drinking establishment in Bolton, England, which is said to be haunted by the ghost of James Stanley, the seventh Earl of Derby, who was believed to have died after being beheaded just outside of the building in 1651. Um, mm-hmm. Reports of occurrences have happened there over the years, over the centuries. But now things seem to have gone rather quiet, and the pub's owner is pinning the blame on Lu Ping Yun, a Chinese artist who maintains that he actually caught the ghost and took it with him. <laughs> Lu, who claims the, <laughs> Lu claims the ghost agreed to be captured so that it could be featured in an art exhibit, right on his site that he took the spirit as a symbolic act of reaction to the UK's colonist act. Um, now the pub owner has written to the artist to ask for the ghost's return. 
Um, <laughs> um, his quote is, I feel very strongly that James Stanley's ghost should be returned to Bolton and to his pub um, to preserve the natural order of things, he wrote. <laughs> so we have a stolen ghost reporting. I think that's the first I've ever heard of that. <laughs> Actually, we had uh, reported that on the international show, which is kind of funny. And it caught our attention as well. Uh, so, yeah, this Chinese guy stole the ghost. So, I mean, should he give it back, I guess, is the question. Yeah, what do you think? How does one steal a ghost? I mean, is he like oh, that's, that's not, comes that's in and he the throws point. the trap point, down and like point you know, is he captured it? Yeah, the point is that, in, they, like slimer, that he believes you know? he captured it, and the owner believes he captured it. Should he return it back? Is the ethical question? Of course, I think. I believe, I think the bigger question to be asked here oh. is 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 a ghost property. Um, I mean, oh. in reality, are, are these personal? You know, how many times have we said spirits are a personality? Um, mm-hmm. You know, is, you know, are we? You know, maybe the word's a little strong, but are we enslaving? You know, a, a spirit, the ownership of somebody. When in reality, this is a the essence of an actual former living person. You know, and personality. Mm-hmm. That's a good point, uh, Josh. A very it good is. point. <laughs> it's not like and, we and have it, them in shackles. <laughs> yeah, the thing is, well, too, it, to this guy, is that the ghost The thing is that uh, also, I always believe that one of the the true things of human nature is that we have uh, free will, even in life and even in death. So that makes us totally different than uh, you know. Many things, and so if he had free will and he wants to go with Mister Lou and be in his art exhibit, I guess it's okay. Mm, that's true. Maybe should he either be asking the ghost if he would like to return? Exactly. So we could get a medium <laughs> to ask the ghost to wait a minute. Well, according to, uh, according to the Chinese artist, the, the spirit was okay with it and wanted to go. They said the ghost so agreed to be captured. So we uh, we solved that problem, didn't we? (laughs) So if he went of his own free will, then that's just that, you know. So on on a scale of one to ten, ten being the most believable, one being the least believable, how would you rate the story? I would say it's definitely believable. I believe these two people are actually fighting over the property of a spirit. So, um, you know, and one to ten. What scale? I would, Which... I would say a seven because I still have doubt that the the artist got permission from the spirit to be taken. Oh, that's a good one. <laughs> and and. Um, I'm giving this story a two because I think they're wow. <laughs> you have little faith. I think they're both crazy. Talk okay. about calling a BS or a BS or you know I don't know. <laughs> well, you know I've got to go a little higher than that, and I'm going to go with Josh on this. I think I'm going to give it a seven. I mean, they yeah. both believe that. They took the ghost, so uh, in in their own minds, they believe the ghost exists, and that yeah, it, in their own it, mind. it could be taken away. So I, I'm with Josh on this. I'm going seven. 
There you go. Okay. First story. Ding, 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 ding. Okay. All, All right, right, Ann, you're up. Hey, was this, so was this supposed to be a recent story? You didn't say it was supposed to be a recent no, story. No, any story, any story at all. Oh, thank God. All right. I got one right here. Okay. I know you do. That's why I was just Let holding with bated breath. Fire this up, man. Okay. So uh, this is entitled, this story, A Mother's Psychic Instinct. Do some mothers have a telepathic or psychic link to their children? This story was featured on Unsolved Mysteries. January of 1974 was a blur of diapers and dishes for Carolyn Hebert, a mother of two, but she will remember one day in particular for the rest of her life. It was in the evening. I was in the kitchen doing dishes. My husband was down the hallway reading the newspaper. My daughter, Monica, was doing her homework, and Sarah, our little baby, was playing with her toy. And, you know, okay. your mind is not really usually very far away from your children. You think about them. And this night I was thinking about Sarah, and suddenly I had a feeling that there was something wrong. It was a very focused feeling. And in my mind I saw that she was choking on something. I didn't know what. Carolyn says she sensed her eight-month-old daughter silently choking on a balloon. You think about the what-ifs. What if I hadn't listened and just thought, well, I'll go in in a few minutes. But this was not that sort of a feeling. This was get there, you're needed. Call it mother's instinct, call it ESP. Call it simply the power of love. Accounts of extraordinary intuition of mothers have been handed down for generations. Such a bond seems to defy the limits of time and space. And while it may never be scientifically proven, it is far too compelling to be denied. In 1983, business had taken Elaine Emmy and a neighbor, Sharon Cracker, to Palm Springs, 110 miles from their homes in Los Angeles. They were just sitting down to eat when Elaine was seized by an overwhelming sense of dread about her four-year-old son. It was like being hit by a wave. It was a very powerful feeling, both emotionally and physically. I knew something was wrong with Matt immediately, and it wasn't just a foreboding. Sometimes people get a strange sense that something's not right. It wasn't like that. It was a very definite feeling, something that you couldn't just shrug off. Elaine immediately called home, but there was no answer. Convinced that something terrible had happened, she phoned Sharon's husband, Tom. He hadn't heard from Elaine's husband or even seen anything unusual at their house just across the street. According to Sharon, Elaine began to panic. Twice during, so they, she said, we need to go home. Twice during the trip back to Los Angeles, Elaine stopped to call home. No one answered. It was the longest three hours of her life. When she and Sharon finally arrived home, Sharon's husband had stunning news. Matt was in the hospital and being prepped for surgery to reattach severed tendon, tendons in his arm. Matt had fallen and crashed through a plate glass door at this very moment. The sense of dread had swept over Elaine. Elaine and her son had been separated by more than 100 miles, but it was as if she had seen the accident with her own eyes. Um, I'm going to skip a little. This, this is lengthy. Sorry. Yeah, um, I guess it is. <laughs> I'm sorry. No, that's okay. okay. So no. one more. Okay. In March yep. of 1987, Linda Babb and her husband, Dirk, already the parents of four, were looking to adopt for the second time. Linda said that around that time, she had the most incredible dream. I saw a young woman, and she was in labor, a light-headed woman that was fair-complected. And I didn't know who this person was, but I did see she was at the point of giving birth. And as she pushed, I saw the baby's head crown and then be born. He had lots of dark hair on his head. 
I remember that, and he was dark complexed. And at the moment he was born, I began to cry, and I woke up from the dream. I felt startled because it was a very vivid and realistic dream. I had never had a dream so vivid. And I looked at the clock on my bedside table, and it was 2.59 in the morning on March 8th. Six weeks later, we had a call from our adoption agency. We had applied to adopt, and they called and asked us if we would be interested in adopting a baby boy. At the agency, an adoption agent brought the baby in for Linda to see. He had a beautiful golden brown skin and a head full of dark hair. He looked very much like the infant in my dream. Then when she told me the baby had been born March 8th at 2.59 in the morning, I was stunned. So taken at face value, these three stories and countless others like them point to an apparent telepathic link between certain mothers and their children. While a connection may never be fully explained, if you someday get the prickly feeling that your child is in danger, it might not hurt just to wander over and take a look. Okay, that's my story. Okay, I, I have big problems. The first two were fine, but the second one, it wasn't their own, even her child. So why that the really doesn't belong one. with the other two. But she wanted to but adopt she the child. what? So she wanted to adopt, big deal. So maybe she had a psychic bond with this child who was meant to be her kid. Oh. So that brings actually up a couple of things. First one, I saw what you were going with, with uh, the connection be child and mother. And then right. you brought this third one in, which is totally different. But, uh, uh, okay, I don't know what to say on, on, on that. So, Josh? Josh? Josh is sleeping. Josh? He nodded off. Oh, I'm sorry. No, never mind. I, I forgot that I muted my phone because a large, a large car was driving by. <laughs> I started talking and nothing was there. I thought we had more paranormal here. I thought it was no, just, sleep. <laughs> no, no. no. Um, I, I agree along your lines there, Ron. The first two, because, you know, I think we all have had that, you know, sixth sense feeling in the in the back of our head, uh, wherever you feel it. Um <laughs> You know that something's going wrong. Um, you know we hear it with twins. You know we hear it with mm -hmm. you know uh, especially maternal instincts. I think is you know the maternal bond. I think just you know is probably a little bit um, stronger than probably the uh, fraternal bond. Um, mm -hmm. You know I, I, I definitely think you know those first two definitely have a lot of credibility to it. That you know I think if you ask most people at some point in their life had they had a gut feeling, um, whether positive or negative, and they followed it, um, whether it be a, a friend, family member's loved one's well-being or whether to buy a lottery ticket or anything along mm -hmm. those lines, and they, it, it turned out to be real. I think there, there's if we really looked into it and you did a, a poll, you'd see that um, a large percentage of the population has, have had that. Mm hmm I, I agree with that. I think sometime in your life, everybody has that happen to them. I've had it happen to me. And Not with my children, but... As, yeah, but yeah, as far as the, the adoption part, that's kind of coincidental. You know, maybe you start thinking, you know, you know, maybe, you know, cosmic forces, you know, kind of brought them together. I mean, 
you know, anything uh, is outside the realm of possibility. Right. Uh, That's what I'm saying. Uh, 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 tapping into a uh, greater consciousness or something like that, even. Uh, so, in rating, I'll, I'll take the first crack at these. I, I mean, uh, as far as the first two, I definitely rated 10 on that totally. Uh, the second one, I, I'm not as convinced that it's the motherly bond stuff. So I'm going to drop that all the way down to a 50-50 chance, a five or a synchronicity or, or something like that. So uh, that's where I stand. Okay. What do you think, Josh? Uh, you know, I'm kind of thinking along his line. Um, oh, I would man. probably go like 10 and, 10 and 6, though. 10 and 7. I think that second one more, it, it might be a little bit more, more likely yeah, like I said, it's just, you know, I have a habit whenever I do some sort of event, when I got a large group of people, I ask them if they've had, I've ever had, who claims to be psychic or have a sixth sense and who's actually felt things that they couldn't feel, touch, smell, see, you know, and, or, or sense something. And a lot of people always raise their hand. So I think that, mm -hmm. that, that it's something that legitimately happens. I'd give that like a six and a half. And then the, the third story, <laughs> eh, maybe a three. Oh, wow. Oh, okay. So it's the six and a half on the first two stories? Yeah. Oh, okay. All right. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna well, to go no, now. No? Josh? Okay. Oh, oh, go ahead. <laughs> All right. It's so a little I'm bit delay between Skypes and the phone lines. I think that's the problem oh. I have in a little bit. Okay. Oh, all right. So I'm going to give a 10, like, to the first two. And I'm going to give this, the third story an eight. Because I think that if, you know, you might want something badly enough that maybe you could talk yourself into it. But on the other hand, I think that um, certain things in life are meant to be. In that, and that was fate, that um, she was given that time and that date. I mean, if I've, I've had a really vivid dream like that and written mm -hmm. everything down. And I don't have vivid dreams like that. So... I think that you you know the difference between, oh, yeah, I woke up this morning, I don't really remember my dream. And when you wake up and you go, wow, what was that? You know, so, um, and I, I think that that could definitely happen. See, we actually have two little things going on here. We have one, which is the the connection between mother and sister, and now we've got really something in the dream state, which is you know an entirely different thing on it. So I don't know. Even Cat uh, in uh, in uh, Parrex chat room says that you know maybe uh, maybe they, by reaching out that she connected with uh, with the one that she hadn't met yet. Uh, right. So she kind of you know say maybe that's how it happened. I don't know. But all right, all right. So there's the so what's, now what's your story? my turn. All so right. I've got mine because I, I was talking to Ian a little earlier today, and um, I said, "Why don't we do a show on zombies for next week?" And she said, "Well, zombies aren't really paranormal." And I said, "I beg to differ." So I went and I started looking, and um, this is from a Greek newspaper. And okay. it, let's see what it's called, the, the Greek reporter. <laughs> uh, <laughs> the, haunting, the haunting legend of the walking dead of, oh, my God, V-R-Y-K-O-L-A-K-A-S, 
on M Y K O N O S. So here it is. Mykonos. Yeah, whatever. So let's talk. I missed the first one, but. Yeah, let's talk Walking Dead for a minute. In case you are unaware, before the Age of Enlightenment, the 18th century, there were creatures noted in Greek folklore that were considered to be dangerous Walking Dead creatures called Virekolaskas or something like that. Uh, oh, I'm sure. Similar to that, uh, similar to that of Greece Slavic neighbors, vampire legends. Greeks believe that the I'm going to call these uh, very colors or very colors, I guess I'll call them very colors, were people who transformed into walking dead after oh. having led a sacrilegious way of life or an excommunication, a burial in unconnected ground, as well as eating meat of Honey. sheep who were wounded by a werewolf. Oh, so you got many, in many ways, of becoming wow. one of these. Vyri Kolas or whatever they are. The legend goes that the Vyri Kolas would leave their graves at night and knock on the doors of their presumptive victims, saying their names out loud. If there was no answer, oops, I'm getting some messages, which means I'm not sure it was on the other computer. Oh, yeah, we're getting close. Um, so anyways, da, 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 da. So they knocked on the doors and uh, said the names out loud. If no one answered after the first knock, no harm came to the innocent. However, if one was unfortunate enough to answer, they died after a few days and would be transformed themselves into variocas or whatever the hell they are. Uh, understandably, that is why until this day, many Greek villages, there is a superstition that you should never answer the door on the first knock. Interesting. Uh, okay. <laughs> I think we're going to hold the rest of this too after the break because I am given the little. Yep. Well, no, I got 30 seconds. Let me see if I can go. Long before the uh, Mykonos became a party destination for travelers worldwide, the French botanist Joseph Pitton de Tourfort traveled to Mykonos in 1701, where he heard stories from local villagers who roamed the night the, the living dead were being assassinated by unknown intruder. Mm, and the truth. All right, we'll be back after the, the following messages and hear the rest of the story. Harry Price, I am speaking to you via the medium of the Ghost Box. Many of you will know I carried out the first live radio broadcast from Haunted House way back in 1936 for the BBC. Now, thanks to the wonders of modern technology, I am still able to keep abreast of 21st century ghost hunting by listening to Ghost Chronicles International on Togginet, Para-X Radio, The Ghost Channel, and even on something called a podcast. Two splendid chaps host it. One is an American who calls himself New England's own Van Helsing, although I have discovered his real name is Ron Kolek. The other is Stephen Parsons, and he's a paranormal scientist. Well, mustache, I'm required elsewhere on something called a K2. But don't forget, I'll be listening in every Tuesday from 8 o'clock in Great Britain and 3 o'clock on the American Eastern Seaboard. I trust you will join me there.
feel the need to do some soul searching or make some changes in your life to create a more positive future? Then Circles of Wisdom is just the place for you. Circles of Wisdom is a metaphysical bookstore and more, located on Route 28 in downtown Andover, Massachusetts. We carry a large selection of books and music, crystals and gemstones, jewelry and gifts, sage, aromatherapy, and so much more, all in a relaxing and welcoming atmosphere. We offer classes on a variety of topics like yoga, Reiki, psychic development, alternative healing, and personal transformation. For guidance on this journey we call life, get a reading from one of our many readers at Circles of Wisdom, 90 Main Street in downtown Andover, right next to Bertucci's. Call us at 978-474-8010 or check us out on the web at www.circlesofwisdom.com. Lots to see and do in a feel-good place, an oasis in this hectic world. Welcome back to Ghost Chronicles Next Generation with Ron and Ann and the nice, very special guest, Josh Mantello from Berkshire Paranormal. Yay. All right, so I was in the middle of my story about the very Colas, or whatever the hell they were. And uh, in 1701, uh, botanist Joseph Pitton uh, de Torford traveled to uh, this island and uh, witnessed himself one of these. In his writing, Botanist describes that the first man turned into a very ocas, or whatever the hell they are, was nothing more than a nuisance, sneaking up from behind, stealing people's alcohol, and overturning their furniture. However, the villagers soon became cern- concerned, and Joseph Pitton de Tudorfort uh, witnessed firsthand ex- exclamation of the grave of uh, one of these guys, and the cutting out of the corpse's heart. Their efforts uh, were futile as the Variacas continued to destroy the village and started attacking people, even suffocating them in their sleep. Then one Saturday, uh, only uh, the only day the Variacas, oh, they only they rest on Saturday, huh? Rest in the grave. Authorities moved the, uh, the uh, body uh, to a neighboring island. Uh, where he was cremated and never heard of again. Aha. So, there you go. You got to give him a so head start. He's coming back. It's just the way it's how zombies work. Mm. <laughs> Except when they burned, burned him up, then he wasn't going nowhere. I love that they burned him up. Apparently, they What's didn't that? watch The Walking Dead and know you have to kill the brain to stop the zombie, not take out the heart. That's yeah, right. he got confused with vampires. <laughs> Because, yeah. <laughs> you know, that was the, the big thing in New England, of course. Uh, uh, Dr. Bell wrote a book on the food for the dead and uh, also uh, um, Thomas uh, D'Agostino wrote about Mercy Brown, of course, as one of the, the victims of uh, these uh, New England vampires where she was exhumed and her heart was cut out and Mm-hmm. Uh, burned and fed to other people who had... Uh, and they had to eat their organs. Yeah, yeah it was great. Yeah. It was the acts of so, the organs. So there you go. There's my story. And I have a botanist who witnessed this thing, and uh, he wrote it in his writing. So what, what's what's the ratings, guys? Hmm. Oh, boy. I'm giving it a yeah. two. 
No. Wow. I think. Um, I I don't think I'm gonna go as low as two, but it's definitely not a ten. And, and mm. you know, we're we're talking about you know a long time. You know, for all we know, this was like the teenagers of the uh, of the era. Just you know, you know, right. wreaking havoc on people. You know, and you know, and everyone's logic explanation was the Living Dead. But you know, um. How about, I'd say, I don't know, I want to say, a, I'll say a five. I was going to say six, but I'll do a five. You know, I think, you know, there's a lot of things happening in this world that we don't know about. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, and, and, you know, you can't rule out, you know, just mischievous people and then us right. blaming it on other things. But, you know, there's some weird stuff out there. You never know. <laughs> okay, and I, I will give this story, and and I am giving it a a seven because I this was written in the writings of a reputable botanist who supposedly witnessed it firsthand. So I am going to give this baby a seven. All right. Mm-hmm. All, right All right. Who's up next? Josh. Let's see. I can. Um, let's see. I got a few things. Hold up here. Yeah, um, let's see. I don't know. This is this is another one from Britain. Did you do any other news stories on the international site yesterday? Don't want to repeat <laughs> another one. No, um, no, no. no was, I did do it on yesterday. This was an old one that we had done uh, when it first broke a long time so this, ago. This is yeah. a, a, a news article from uh, the 6th of February, so just about a week ago. Okay. British athletes claim sex ghosts is haunting their reality show. Woo-hoo. Uh, <laughs> so, um, yeah, so, British oh. athletes starring in a reality show are claiming that a sex ghost seems to be haunting their hotel room. British para, um, Paralympian Kadina Cox and retired rugby star um, Did you say? Gareth Thomas are two of the celebrities competing in the jump, which is basically a celebrity ski jump show. Um, the season's first episode aired on Channel 4 Network, but now the show is scare, um, scaring up more attention for what's uh-huh. happening to the celebs in their hotel room. During uh-huh. the episode, the 25-year-old Cox reportedly asked for a new room after allegedly being sexually violated by a goat. Damn. Uh, another competing celebrity. Another competing celebrity, Emma Parker Bowles, the Duchess of Cornwall's niece, said um, on the show that Cox was penetrated by some sort of paranormal entity. Um, it goes on in some more detail. Um, uh, the feeling of the effort, she, you know, she could wake up in the night, she's actually moved, asked to be moved to a a whole other floor in the hotel on another end. Um, you know, and as I go through this, other news articles are popping up. Apparently this is becoming a celebrity thing. There's another news article about Bobby Brown having an incident um, similar to this. Um, so basically these um, they're competing in a reality TV show in the hotel room they're putting them in. Um, two or three of the uh, athletes have been assaulted by a unknown... Uh, apparition at night that is scaring them out of their hotel room. 
I don't know why it would scare him, but uh, okay. <laughs> okay. Wow. Uh, that, you know, I don't know. <laughs> it seemed to work out well in Ghostbusters, but I don't know, you know. <laughs> Next, they'll be having little ghost babies. It's not funny. It, you know, it, it reminds me of an episode. Uh, I've been rewatching like all the old episodes of X Files on Netflix. <laughs> like, yep. this reminds me of an episode. You know, I'm on like midway through season two, and they just had a uh, episode of X Files that was along this this um, almost along the same storyline here. With so uh, I find it uh, find it kind of funny, but um, yeah, I mean to to rate it, I don't know. I've been in a lot of I have not been, I have been physically touched by a ghost. I, I've had something hit me in a couple different locations or, or below, like, below the belt. Touch. But, you know, nothing, um, nothing that I had, you know, nothing, below the belt. You know, uh, uh, nothing was, everything was above the belt. You know, everything <laughs> okay, was okay. In, a, in, a, in, a, in a safe space. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's, it's so, um, you know, I, I believe spirit can make us physically feel their presence through touch. Um, as yeah. far as what this goes, um, wow, I, I suppose. I mean, these people are, you know, they're not A-class celebrities. This isn't, you know, like <laughs> movie stars coming out. These are like, you know, the type of celebrities you get on TV shows for celebrity competitions, you know. Um, but they still so got a reputation not, to uphold, right? They're they're not gonna make this stuff up for publicity. Big stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you, yeah, know? yeah. you got that right. <laughs> you know, I'm sure these people have some sort of reputation they wanna uphold in the public eye. You know, Ooh. so why would they make this up, you know? Is this yep. you know, I, I would think that you know, if anything, most people So how would, are you rating this thing, uh, Josh, if you're uh, I'm gonna give it an eight. Whoa, that's you never take good. it outside. I like that. I'm not gonna take it outside Here's the realm better. of like some producers drumming up some like extra publicity for the TV show. So maybe mm-hmm. there's a little bit of doubt. Like, hey, people, let's just say this happened, and we'll get a few extra viewers because we need them. Right. But yeah. at right. the same time, no one's gonna make this up and, and publicly announce this type of stuff. Unless it's something happening, because eh, people are going to look at you kind of funny now. <laughs> All right, well, now I'm, I've, I've got to give it a 10, because, geez, I'm only hoping it can happen. <laughs> <laughs> I've been doing this for so many years. God. Damn, oh, I've never put across one. Wow. I'm getting this story a one. I think they're making it all Whoa, up. Whoa, listen, you yeah. have little faith. I have little faith in this. I oh, do. she she I, slept all over the the lovely mother daughter mother connection thing, and and all of a sudden we're getting like crapped on if it oh, isn't mother daughter. Even, she hated my vampire. She hates me? How you your sex goals. Oh my god! No, no. I call baloney. Ah, okay. Your opinion. That's what I call. Because I'm, I'm going to keep this PG. I'd call it something else, but I'm, I'm, I call baloney. Okay. That's that's what. Okay. I I'm a tough. You've got, you got your opinion. You got your opinion. Yeah, I do. All right. 
All right. Turn time so you, to my story. Kenny, you got a story? I I do. I've been I've been sitting on this story for like three weeks. <laughs> All right. Now it's your chance before you run out of time. Okay. A terrified man has revealed his dead girlfriend has been messaging him on Facebook. And the messages are just chilling to read. Emily is, according to Nathan, still using Facebook. And she's been sending him some seriously chilling messages from beyond the grave. The whole thing started on September 4th, 2013, when Emily returned to Facebook. According to Nathan, only he and Emily's mother shared admin, administrative privileges of Emily's Facebook account. But when it became clear it was not Emily's mother sending the messages, Nathan assumed one of his late girlfriend's friends had hacked into the account. However, Nathan soon realized that the messages Emily was posting was sourced from old chat the two of them had shared back before the accident that claimed her life. Then all of a sudden, things became even more chilling. Emily had started tagging herself in photos. This kept going on with Emily randomly tagging herself in photos and posting messages comprised of words she had typed when she was among the living. It could have been a Facebook bug, Nathan told himself. Some sort of bug in the system was regurgitating old messages in his own words. And while it was terrifying, it could be explained away. Until, all of a sudden, Emily used her first original word. It's the I don't know what's happening here that really makes our blood run cold. In his post, Nathan reveals that the messages left him unable to sleep, crippled by terrifying nightmares in which Emily was trapped in an ice-cold car, frozen blue and gray, and I'm standing outside in the warmth, screaming at her to open the door. She doesn't even realize I'm here. Sometimes her legs are outside with me. Nathan reveals that the just-let-me-walk line left him chilled for more reasons than one, saying, in the collision, the dashboard had crushed her. She was severed in a diagonal line from her right hip to midway down her left thigh. One of her legs was found tucked under the back seat. Ooh. Based on her plea to be let go, Nathan decided to memorialize Emily's Facebook page. But it still wasn't enough for Emily to rest in peace, or maybe in pieces, because she sent Nathan oh. another message. And in this one, she posted a photo which she had taken of him from behind a half-closed door. A photo which Nathan says was taken at a time when nobody else was there in the house with him. That's my door. That's my computer. And it's taken from outside. Help. And that's the end of the story. I like that. What do you one. think of that? Is that the creepiest? Now, I just, I just want to stay for a minute here. How many people know who have passed and their Facebook pages are still active and I have a friend whose page is still active and I know her sister I, I hope her sister is the one who's doing it and it freaks me out because you'll see a post from that page and it'll say Colleen likes Walmart and I'm like what the hell huh. so alright who's uh, making that noise kill it Stop it. <laughs> right, it's not me not me. So that makes it sense. <laughs>
So, yeah, I, I, I absolutely agree. I, I'm going to give that story a 10 because I'm Ooh. really generous tonight, aren't I? Because, yeah. uh, you know, Cal Cooper in his book Telephone Calls from the Dead mentions uh, that type of situation many times throughout it. And oddly enough, I have a friend now uh, who was friends. Well, actually, he was a member of my group. And we have been getting messages from him, even though he's passed. Uh, yeah. through Facebook. So I'm going to give that right. baby a 10. Yeah, and I just want to interject right. here for a minute is that mm-hmm. I'm going to I'm going to put the link to this on our um, on our Ghost Chronicles Next Generation page. Oh, I hope so. I've been, I've been put, I put my link up there for Rice Stories, too. Yeah, I've been doing that. Okay. There's yeah. pictures that go with it, and they're like screenshots mm-hmm. of the messages. And Really? Like, one of them says from Emily... My jumper is in the dryer, and it's really cold out, really cold out, cold, cold. Nathan, please stop. Cold, freezing. I don't know what's happening. Ooh, it's giving me ghost bumps. <laughs> ghost, ghost bumps. bumps. There's a ghost bump. Ghost bumps. <laughs> but it's, oh, it's, uh, some, it's very freezing. Somebody's in the wine tonight. No, no wine. I can't have wine yet. Tomorrow. Oh, Maybe yeah. you should. <laughs> yeah, I know. Maybe it would help. But anyways, so um, yeah. jo- Josh, what do you think? What's your rating? I would give that a, a nine because, you know, I'm always got that little skeptical devil on my shoulder saying, oh, there might be a hacker at this. But, you know, I'm glad Ron mentioned Cal Cooper's book because that was the first thing I thought of is, you know, as... Um, Dr. Cal Cooper, by the way, he, he got his doctorate. Yeah, his telephone Become, as telephones are becoming less and less used and social media is a bigger thing, I think, you know, you're, we're going to start seeing less phone calls from the dead and maybe more text messages and uh, Facebook posts from the dead. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I believe it. I'm, you know, I'm with, I'm with Ron on this one. I'm, I'm giving it a 10. <laughs> Yay! Yay! <laughs> this one sold me. I, I've, I, All right. I saved it. <laughs> I, I'm happy but, now. All right, all right. so uh, am I up? You are up. I think you better talk fast, but you're up. Well, what time is it? How much time we got? 7.47. Oh, okay, we're okay. So this right. goes right along with your story. Okay. And it is... What the hell is that? Oh, wait, wait. My link just screwed up. My link screwed up. Oh, shit. Oh, no. Can I say that on the air? I got it. Okay. You just did. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So here we go. Okay. Moving it. Hey, hey, hey. Slow down. Slow down. Okay. Moving into an old house usually means you have to do some renovations. But rarely does it entail deciphering deciphering messages from ghosts. Uh, Jenny found a time capsule hidden within the subfloor of her house. She uh, shared the photos of the disturbing warning scrawled in a shoppie, uh, as well as uh, precious family photos tapped, uh, taped to the floor. Many of the message, messages mentioned paranormal activity, and they actually have pictures of uh, the subfloor with the, the markings and the, and the photographs. The alleged ghost 
does para does not uh, enjoy uh, CSI New York, by the way, uh, because that is one of the messages, and it reads, "Beware of the ghosts. They hate it when I watch CSI New York. No joy." Okay. <laughs> uh, wait a minute. This more. One of the scariest notes uh, implies the mother who once lived in the house either died or disappeared. Either way, there seems to be uh, some violent activity. And there's, there's tons of these. It says, this house, oh, slow down. Uh, we live in this house with two cats, two dogs, two kids, dad, and at one point, mom. Sorry for the uh, dented walls. We have a lot of disagreements. Yeah, okay, and there's a ton of photos in this thing. But I'll post this up as well. And uh, regardless of whether or not the new family decides to stay uh, seemingly in this haunted house, they should definitely stay away from watching CSI New York. Anyways, that was the uh, uh, threat. So uh, so can we have uh, are these messages about ghosts uh, in a house written under the subfloor? Is it how do we rate it? Is it is it a warning from past owners? Is it believable? It'd be a really good practical joke. Um, <laughs> yeah. There's a lot. Of, there's awful lot of them. Like I'm gonna post this on our page. You know, I you know, it's great that they left a warning, but. I, I think it'd be great if they made it a little bit easier to find. I mean, why put it in the subfloor? Um, I know that's the interesting thing. Right. Yeah. yeah, and there's a lot oh. of them. There really is a lot of these these messages. You know, I, I could see. Uh, I, you I, know, it might have a little bit more. Um, it has a little bit more credibility because they went out of their way to make a lot of them. I mean, if I was just going to play a joke on somebody and. You know, try and spook them in their new house. I would maybe write a couple, you know, but not a large amount of warnings. So that, you know, that's going to give me a little bit more credibility to the story because unless this person's really taking the extra effort to scare them, you know, but then it just, why is it in the subfloor? You know, um, I think I would give this like. Maybe they were afraid about just. You know, I mean, they wanted to sell the house. They wanted to move out. So they figured if they left the messages, maybe where they could be fine in the future, they could be uh, heated it then. That's true. Good point. I don't know. So what's your rating there, Mr. Montello? Montello, whatever I, you are. I was going to say something, but I'm going to bump it up to an eight. I think if they went out of their way to, to, to write that many letters, it's, it's going to be, uh, you know, they're doing it because they really mean to warn them. Hmm. Okay. I don't know. I don't know what to do with this story. I'm going to, I'm, I'm in the middle of the road. I'm, I'm going to give it a five. Cause I feel like, okay. I, it, well, it's, it's, I think seeing the pictures would be helpful too, but, um, well, yeah, I, I have them. I just posted them on our page. So they should be. Yeah. I don't know. I, 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 I either it's, it's somebody, who's, you know, really in earnest about warning somebody else, or it's somebody who's just mentally deranged and writing letters and stuffing them in the subfloor. I don't, uh, yeah, I don't know. Five. Five, okay. 
I, uh, you know, since they went through all the effort to do this thing, uh, I'm going to have to go with a, a seven, believe it or not. You'd think I would go with a ten because I was throwing those tens out like they were, uh, you know, money. Yeah. But uh, no, nope, it is uh, a seven on this one. Um, just because of uh, the all, you know, the uh, CSI New York, I, I mean, you know, that's maybe, I guess ghosts could not like it. The ghosts watch TV. I don't know. So I'm giving it seven anyways. Oh, if they can get stolen, then they can watch TV. That's a good point. Good point. (laughs) Or if they can give consent to be taken. Mm -hmm. That's right. They can do whatever they want, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, we've had a a lot of great stories tonight. A lot of interesting... uh, I stories. So. I thought that, that was yeah. a fun show. I really enjoyed uh, doing it. And we got about three minutes. I'm not sure if that's three minutes to the bell or three minutes to the end of the show. But uh, <laughs> and the, maybe, the, so, maybe if I dig up my subfloor, I can find out. Well, you've ripped everything up else, else up in the house. You haven't done the subfloor yet? What's yeah, I've done it. Trust me. <laughs> I've done ripped it. it all apart. Yeah. I, I, I have to admit one thing, though. When I was doing uh, the entranceway and uh, I, I found that hidden in the walls were uh, these newspaper they had tacked up as insulation and, and one of it was this thing from the the just I guess either just before the, I forget the date on it now around around the war whether it was before, mm-hmm. uh, before or during the war about this cigarette base uh, that was being established in New England with uh, oh there's the bell okay so we get the dead Two minutes left. Pizza from the Valakias. Nope. Whatever they are. Valalakias. Vrykolaka. Yeah, them too. Vrykolaka. Vrykolakas on Mykonos. Yeah, better, better you than me. So, Josh, we want to thank, thank you so... Yep, yep, yep. Thank you so much for joining us, Josh. No, you're welcome. Anytime. This was a lot of fun. Yeah, it was. I really enjoyed it. And uh, we also have one more quick uh, thing I want to mention is April 21st to the 23rd, uh, we will do a a spiritual and paranormal retreat uh, at the Black Swan Inn in uh, Tilton, New Hampshire, Ann Carrigan, the blonde boncher herself will be there, along with myself and uh, Stacy, who was a member of the NEGP, but is also a yoga instructor and other things. So, uh, yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. It's an all-inclusive weekend, and uh, tickets should be up, go on sale for uh, next week, I believe, is the date. We just got all the things. You know, it includes a, a real five-course meal on Saturday night. and uh, lunch. Yeah, oh, yeah, it's all, all-inclusive breakfast and, and lunch and, and uh, supper. Ah. And, yeah. It's going to be fun. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm very excited, and a friend of mine, uh, June, uh, goes there twice a year, and she said, you're going to love it. And uh, she said, oh, do you want me to tell you about the hauntings? I'm like, no, don't tell me anything. Mm-hmm. I don't want to know anything. <laughs> I don't know anything about it. So, but she said it's, it's awesome. So. Oh, great. So uh, I've... I, been there a couple of times, and I, I, I really love the place. So, uh, yeah, look look for the, the NEGP website. That's NEGhostProject.com, 
N-E, the letters N-E, for New England, ghostproject.com. And uh, it'll be up, uh, I'd say, within a week. So uh, you can get hey. tickets. There's only going to be like 14 tickets, too. So Ooh. there you go. Better it'll hurry. Be inti- intimate setting. So, mm-hmm. well, Josh, thank you so much. And thank you. And we want to thank all everybody for listening and, and, and sharing uh, those great stories. So we got to go. to ghosties, long-leggedy beasties, and things that go bump in the night. Deliver us good law.